nothing compares to loving Jesus, to serving Jesus. Nothing compares to being empowered by the Spirit of God to do the will of God. What a great honor. I do not take this for granted. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you this morning. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the privilege to be part of this end time move of your spirit. Thank you for the grace to be a co-laborer. A co-laborer with you. Thank you. It's a great honor. A real privilege. And I want to say thank you. Amen. Amen. One powerful truth to keep in mind today is that the grace of God, the grace of God is always connected with the gift of God. The grace of God is always connected with the gift of God. One of the reasons grace is released upon a life that is yielded to God is so that the gift of God can be used by that person to his full potential. And one of the ways grace is expressed in the life of a man is through the gift of God in that man's life. So the efficacy and power of your gift, the power of your gift is dependent on the grace of God upon your life. So the divine protocol in heaven, the pathway, the framework of how it is designed in the spirit is that God finds a person, a person through whom he wants to express and manifest himself here on earth. And such a person is then given the gift with which he or she would operate here on earth. And that's why Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7 to 8 says, Now, to each one of us, to each one of us, grace has been given according to the measure of the gift of Christ. To each one of us, not to a few people, to every one of us, grace has been given to the measure of the gift of Christ. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Can you see that again? Grace is released upon your life so that you can fulfill your assignment with ease. To have grace or rather to have gift without receiving the grace to use it will lead to frustration, rejection, jealousy, envy, and depression. And on the other hand, to have grace without using the gift would amount to stagnancy, brokenness, shame, redundancy, fear, and above all, a critical spirit. Such a person will not be able to stand 
stand things that are done the wrong way. But he or she will not be able to contribute or do any better either. Why? He has grace. Or she has grace. But not using that grace to drive the gift of God in his or her life. But listen to this. Grace is exponentially increased when a man or a woman begins to use the gift of God upon his life or her life to fulfill the purpose of God for their generation. As soon as the apostles of Jesus were lighted by the fire of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they stepped out of their fears and comfort zone and went to the street to express the gift they received from the Lord. They gave the testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ on the street. Acts chapter 4 verse 33 tells us that with great power, the apostles continued to give their testimony about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and abundant grace. Some other translation says great grace was upon them all, upon them all. They became a very powerful force that the government of the day became afraid of. They became strong together. They became visible and notable among their ranks. Now, listen to this. Whenever grace is combined with the gift of God, visibility is inevitable. It's inevitable. Many people are gifted. Many people are graced, but sadly, very few people combine both gift and grace together to advance the purpose of God for their lives here on earth. David at 16 combined his gift with the grace of God that came upon him through the anointing. And his life became a subject of discussion at the palace of Saul. Oh yes! He became a subject of deliberation because he combined grace with gift. David became visible. He found favor. He found favor. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 21 to 23 tells us that so David came to Saul and stood before him. And he loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. Verse 22. Then Saul sent to Jesse saying, Please let David stand before me. For he has found favor in my sight. Favor in my sight. And so it was whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul. That David would take a harp and play it with his hand. Then Saul would become refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. There were people who could probably play the harp better than David did in Israel. Oh yes, oh yes. But David became visible because he combined his gift with the grace of God, with the anointing of God. David first found favor with God 
before he found favor before Saul. Now, the combination of the gift and grace of God provided refreshing for a king that was tormented and distressed by evil spirit. How do you know that your gift is combined with grace? How do you know? Because it brings refreshing. It brings refreshing. It brings freshness to the tormented. It brings deliverance to the oppressed. It brings joy to the brokenhearted. Brings conviction to sinners. Faith to the hopeless. And refreshing to those who seek God. When your gift does the opposite, then you need to cry before the Lord for the oil of grace. The oil of grace. Gift without grace also brings visibility. People will know you as one who has no grace and they will truly avoid you like a plague. You cannot afford to be graceless, my friend. You cannot. Grace is critical regardless of how powerful and how wonderful your gift may be. Maybe the gift of singing, the gift of praying. Grace must be combined with that gift to make it produce the result of the Spirit. One thing you must constantly pray for is that the grace of God be multiplied upon your life. Pray that you will express the gift of God in your life gracefully. Whether it's the gift of teaching, preaching, praying, serving food, worshipping, the gift of caring for others, the gift of encouragement, evangelism, healing, prophecy, the gift of writing, whatever gift it may be, pray that the grace of God will rest upon it. Pray, pray for the grace of God to do it and to do it gracefully. Let your motivation be to serve God diligently, to serve God and to serve your generation with the gift of God upon your life. As you serve the Lord faithfully, gracefully and joyfully, men will look for you and find you even in the forest, <laughs> even in the wilderness. David was in the wilderness with donkeys, with sheep and goat. Yet, his majesty, the king of Israel, King Saul, sent for him. Sent for him. As I conclude this teaching this morning by the Spirit of God, I will want you to keep this in mind very importantly. Very importantly. Number one. The faithful and consistent use of your gift increases the grace of God upon your life. And for sure, you will find favor before God and before men. Number two, an unused gift of God in a man will depreciate in value. When gift is not used, the value of that gift were reduced. The man with the one talent was judged harshly because he failed to use the talent that was given to him. He buried it. He buried it. Don't bury your talent. Don't bury your gift. Number three, every gift of God that is used 
increases in value. Hallelujah. Every gift of God that is used increases in value. Number four, any gift that is not used to honor God has no eternal value. Anyone, whatever you may call it, whatever people may call it for you, if it is not used to honor God, if it is to gratify yourself, to gratify your flesh, to gain honor before men, if that gift is just to be seen by people, it has no eternal value. Next point. Understand who you are and know the gift that God has given you and develop it. Develop it. Do not force yourself to claim the gift that God has not given you. If you do so, you will be frustrated and you will be rejected. Just understand what God has deposited in you and develop it. Next point. You can earnestly desire spiritual gifts if the purpose of that desire is to honor God and his kingdom only. Number seven. Gifts are meant to be developed. So spend time. Spend time. Give attention to your gift. Spend time to develop your gift. Whatever you give attention to will grow. A flower that is properly attended to will blossom, will flourish. Spend time to develop your gift. Invest into the development of your gift. If you are called to teach, spend time to study the word of God. Set aside a minimum of two hours on a daily basis to meditate. To write, to make your notes, to document the things of the spirit that have been revealed unto you. If you have the gift of singing and worshipping, spend time before the Lord, worshipping Him day and night in the secret place so that when you come to the open, the grace of God will find expression in your life without struggle. Listen to me, brethren. What you do in the open is a reflection of what you do in the secret. If you are a worshipper, spend hours on your face before the Lord. And let me tell you the truth. Men will look for you. What you do in the secret will abound in the open. Number nine or number eight, I do not know. Do not turn your God-given gift into a merchandise. Do not seek the profit and gain from your God-given gift. To put money, fame, and honor of men in front of your gift is to be in the realm of Balaam, the soothsayer. He was so blinded by material gift such that his spiritual gift diminished. The power of his spiritual gift diminished. So blind he was that a donkey could see what a prophet could not see. A seer that could not see what a donkey could see is worse. It's a 
terrible spiritual condition and spiritual place to be. Terrible spiritual place to be. Don't turn your spiritual gifts into business. Young brother was asked to come and minister in song in our city. And the brother made a list of what he wanted. They had to prepare some food for him to eat before he mounts the altar. He needed some two to three people to wipe away the sweat from his face. And then the honorarium he needed to get after the meeting was determined. What a shame. What a shame. To minister before your God, before your Father. If you truly have a personal life of worship, it should be a joy and a thing of great treasure and honor to minister before the Lord. Serve the Lord with your gifts and your generation with your God-given gift. At the end of David's life, it was written in Acts chapter 13 verse 36, saying, For David, after he had served his own generation, after he had served his own generation, by the will of God, he fell asleep and was buried with his father and saw corruption. Friends, serve the Lord with your gift. Serve the Lord with your gift. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. And I say to you this morning, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit in the privacy of your room and in the public be upon us all, be upon you now, and forever. Maranatha. Amen. Amen.